The chimes of time ring out the news Another day is through Someone slipped and fell Was that someone you You may have longed for Added strength, your courage to renew Do not be disheartened, for I have news for you. It is no secret what God can do, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. There is no night, for in His light you'll never walk alone. You'll always feel at home Wherever you may roam There is no power can conquer you When God is on your side Just take Him at His promise Don't run away and hide It is no secret what God can do, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. no secret what God can do. Nothing brings a spirit like the song of the heart. I welcome you in the name of the Lord and Jesus Christ this morning to this service. And I want to read from section 45, which is the uh, theme for today. With one heart, with one mind, gather up your riches that you may purchase an inheritance which shall hereafter be appointed unto you, and it shall be called the New Jerusalem, a land of peace, a city of refuge, a place of safety for the saints of the Most High God. And the glory of God shall be there, and the terror of the Lord shall also be there. Insomuch the wicked will not come into it, and it shall be called thine. May the Lord add a blessing to read of His Word. But I also want to add to you this day that uh, the Lord came to me in a dream last week. And uh, it was a dream that was shared with my wife many years ago. And uh, it was that... Uh, my son and I and her and my daughters 
were in a huge building, and there was thousands of people in front of us in this building. And uh, the Lord's Spirit rained down on that building, and uh, my son and I got up in the back of the room, and we sang the song that we're going to sing next. And and it, like I said, the Lord gave that dream to me again. So I know it's important. And once you start singing the song, you'll recognize it. And uh, I pray that you will take heed to it.
Our Heavenly Father, it is with reverence that we gather here uh, this morning. Reverence for your name, for your work, and for your glory. Reverence for the uh, things that you have done for each of us in our lives. In bringing us uh, to this place that we might uh, worship you and pour out our thanksgiving. We pray, Father, that uh, that spirit, which is your spirit, even that which uh, is light and truth that we have sung about this morning, that it might come and uh, fill this sanctuary, that it would uh, be with our brother Matt and give him uh, enlightenment and the uh, words that uh, you would have him to bring to us this morning. Lord, we would uh, not be uh, lax in our labors, but we would be uh, about the work of your kingdom. And uh, that work in uh, sharing your gospel to those around us, to uh, those um, who have not heard it, uh, taking your gospel to um, those places that you would have us to uh, take it, that we uh, would be uh, willing servants, uh, even in uh, these the last days to do your work and to do uh, that which will bring you glory. So uh, I pray be with us here this morning, Lord. May you uh, wipe away uh, those blemishes from uh, our uh, uh, honor, that uh, we would uh, be clean before you, that we uh, would be uh, upright and be able to receive that blessing uh, which you, uh, we know, are wanting to bestow. May you attend us, we pray, and we give you the thanks, the honor, and the glory, and pray it through your name of your Holy Son, even our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. share with you another part of that dream. Only a few people out of those thousands of heads turned around and said thank you. There are very few. For an offertory today, uh, I appreciate the Walker's early morning worship. I wish you'd have been here if you hadn't because it was excellent about sacrifice and service. And Romans chapter 12 tells us a lot about that. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You bow with me. O God, the eternal Heavenly Father, we do thank you for thy blessings and thy watching care over us this day. Thank you for the beauty of it, and thank you for these that were able to come. And I pray for those that weren't able to, that they might be blessed by your angels even now, to touch their hearts and minds also, that they would be blessed like we are blessed in this building. Thank you, Father, for all that you provide and for your great mercies upon us. And I ask it in the holy, blessed name of thy Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen.
scripture for you this morning comes out of Colossians, the third chapter and the 22nd verse. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. He walked with me again today. He held my hand and led the way down through the valleys where I work and play. He walked with me again today. He talked with me again today. I listened to every word he'd say. I did my best his words to obey. He talked with me again today. We walked together, we talked together. I walked in his footsteps today. He talks with me and he walks with me cause I ask him to when I pray. We walked and talked again today. I told me he loved me and showed me the way to love everybody and for them to pray. We walked and talked again today. We walked together, we talked together. I walked in his footsteps today. Walks with me and he talks with me because I ask him to when I pray. Thank you for the music today. It is a blessing. <clears throat> to be able to feel that spirit in preparation um, in preparation for giving a sermon, there are thoughts and there are um, things that come to your mind, and you write them down and you put them where you can, and you try to put them together, and you think, oh, this is not going to be very good. And then you get to church and you hear the music that is played and you hear 
Um, the words in the in the hymns and it's like everything kind of just comes together it's not because I did anything by any means in preparation for this sermon um, I prayed for guidance I prayed for direction trying to find what the Lord wanted me to talk about to place on my heart and so we are in um, the beginning of July. We're in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we're sitting there, and it's a it's a big campground, and it's big enough that you can rent a golf cart to take around, so you don't have to walk everywhere. So we're sitting in our golf cart, and it's the very last night. And we're watching the kids play, and there's a whole bunch of kids playing and parents around. And <clears throat> sitting in the golf cart, there's a man with his dog standing to our right, and I strike up a conversation with him just to mention something about his dog and so we start talking and the conversation veers towards faith and um, we start discussing um, kind of the way of the world and, and how how faith is not growing like it should but then all of a sudden it goes into preparation what we need to do to prepare. And it's temporal things to prepare, and it's spiritual things to prepare. And the last thing this man says is, um, you know, just talking about how to, how to, how to learn, learning skills that we need to learn on how to smoke meat and do, do some other things like that. And I look to my left for a second, and I look back, and the man is gone. The man and his dog are gone. And Heidi kind of look at each other, and we look around, and this guy is nowhere to be found. And she looks at me and she whispers and she goes, was that God? I got, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that was. But I know what I need to talk about now. Because it weighed on me the rest of the way home. What we need to do to prepare. Prepare for Zion. Prepare for the gathering. And it's not only temporal preparation, but it's spiritual preparation as well. And the things that we need to bring back. And for example, one, one thing that came to mind was Sundays. Sundays used to be, I remember as a kid, Sundays were, like the blue laws were in place in southwest Missouri. Sundays, everything was closed. Stores were closed. You couldn't buy anything. Because the expectation was that you would spend time with your family and you'd go to church. And you would rest, just like we're told that we need to do. Well, and then one store opens and another store opens and things change and priorities change. And I pray that we can be cleansed and we can get back to those things. And we can live in peace with one another. Now, on the way home... um, Heidi drove for a little bit, so I was able to actually sit and and contemplate and think and write things down. And this is something that came to mind, and I'm just going to read it from here. Um, But it's something that, that was given to me. The Lord gives us direction to follow the land of the the law of the land, excuse me, but fear God in the process. Do not disobey the law, but remember to follow the commandments first. Do not fall into temptation. Do not fall into the ways of the world, world views, world sins. 
Do not believe everything you hear on the news, read on the internet, or hear standing next to the water, water cooler listening to the latest gossip. The Lord has the truth that is perfect for your ears to hear, your lungs to breathe, your soul to digest, and for your heart to pump to the rest of your body. The Lord has your truth, my truth, and the truth for the world. That's a pretty powerful thing that the Lord has the truth. And we're given the truth in Scripture. So when I talk about preparing for the gathering, what I'm going to um, think on or talk on the most is how to be a difference maker so that way we can help others prepare for that gathering as well. And it's not just us that is sitting here in this sanctuary. Now, Matthew 5:15 through 18, we read, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I give unto you to be the salt of the earth. But if the salt shall lose its savor, wherewith shall the earth be salted? The salt shall thenceforth be good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I give unto you to be the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Behold, do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, nay, but on a candlestick? And it giveth light to all that are in the house. Therefore, let your light so shine before this world that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The scriptures tell us what we need to do. The scriptures are set full of examples, full of examples. And I equate this to being the parent of a teenager. I try to give advice and lessons where I can. I try to help uh, my teenager learn from my mistakes so that way they don't have the same strife or struggle that I had in my life. The response I get, and I'm going to get for the rest of time, I'm sure, is, I know. Okay. Being a high school teacher, hey, you might not want to do that because this is what's going to happen. I know. (laughs) Okay. Good luck. But the advice that we see in the scriptures, what do we respond with sometimes? I know. That's not going to happen to me. Okay. The Lord looks down at you and says, I'm trying to help you out, but okay. You want to learn on your own? Go for it. Because this is exactly what's going to happen. He knows. He filled the scriptures with that information, with those life lessons that we can learn from. For the, the ones that walked in the scriptures made the same mistakes that we make today. And he tells us for the gathering to take place, for Zion to be created, this is what you must do. And our response is, I know. Well, then do it. Don't wait. The Puritans were warned that being a city on the hill meant meant that everybody was watching you. And every little mistake you made, they judged and they ridiculed you. 
But let's flip that around. Let's say that being the city on the hill meant that we were going to live by example, that we were going to be the example that the world needed, that the world needs. That being the city on the hill meant that we could live without fear from the world. Knowing that God is walking beside us, knowing that we have the blessing and grace of the Lord, but also knowing that we have a great work to be done. But through this work, we will make a difference, not just on our own lives and our own families, but those around us. I've talked about the butterfly effect before. <clears throat> How the decisions and actions that we have today literally affect generations from now. Centuries from now, what we do today has an impact on the future. Now it talks about being a, having a light, being a light, and sharing that light. Now a single light, a single candle, you can see. Now it wouldn't obviously illuminate a room like this one candle but you can still see it from a distance now how far can that light reach now imagine if we combine our lights together if we combine our faith and our power in Christ together how powerful is that how far can that reach how many people can we affect? How much of a difference can we make? How much joy would that bring? I mean, we could light up a pretty big room with all of our candles combined together. With all of our light combined together. Working together. In a singular focus. With Christ in the center. Man, that's powerful. There's nothing that we can't do. Nothing we can't do. But what effect would that light have on the world? That'd be huge. Absolutely. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. God has a promise for us. And God's promises work out wonderful things in our lives. It's not a promise of happiness or success in all things as defined by the world. But it's a promise of fulfillment of the eternal purpose of our lives and of deep satisfaction and fulfillment in the journey of life aligned with God. He has a promise. And he can bring us joy. And fulfillment and fill a void that we may have in our life. But we have to be willing. We have to open our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears. And we have to see and we have to hear and we have to feel. Now as we talk about the gathering 
Um, Matthew 18, 20 comes into mind where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. But then there's also how we treat each other as well. And in Hebrews 3.13, Exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Steadfast until the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your heart as it is in as in the provocation. Have your confidence steadfast until the end. Is that an easy thing to do? The world starts to creep in from time to time. It is not very easy. To sit and try to do it on your own. I've been there. And that's hard. That's nearly impossible. Now, we can prepare for Zion. Zion's not coming until the Lord is ready for it to, to be here. But we can prepare. But we have to prepare together. Have you ever tried to break a single matchstick? And you guys know the analogy. You break one, how easy is that? One at a time, all the way down. But if you combine every one of those together, it's impossible to break. Impossible to break. One of us by ourselves, the adversary can break us. All of us combined together, preparing for the same thing, gathering together, Can't break that. That's pretty amazing right there. Taking care of one another, watching out for each other, being bound by faith, and being yoked up together with common prayerful considerations. Hearts, minds, and spirits aligned for a singular purpose. Can you imagine the joy? Now, we, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness is based on the endorphins that you're feeling in your body. Joy, that's something different. And joy is everlasting. Joy doesn't go away. Imagine the joy that we can feel working together with a singular focus and a common prayerful consideration. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. <clears throat> 14 hours in a car. Now granted, we didn't do all 14 hours in the car. We have three tiny humans and a dog with us. That would be impossible to do. I'm not doing it. So about seven, eight hours in a car. But seven to eight hours in a car is long enough. It's like a work day in a car get out of the car and I can't move tired I'm exhausted need a vacation from my vacation but you find ways to pass the time so Heidi found a podcast we were listening to a podcast this is a podcast of a 
man um, who's a missionary. And he goes, him and his family, they go into, they go into uh, foreign countries, war-torn foreign countries, to infiltrate uh, enemy forces by the way of giving them the Spirit of God. Something that's never been tried before. So the missionary goes in and infiltrates foreign entities that are enemies of the United States through prayer and through providing their testimony. Crazy. Hmm. But what he talks about in this podcast that we listen to is how we pray and what we pray for. Now, we ask God to cure, to fix, to take away, to solve our problems for us. And what we get when we do that is when God does not do that for us, doubt and bitterness start to seep in. So he made a recommendation. He said, why don't you do this instead? Pray for guidance. Pray for direction. Or simply ask God, what do you want me to know about this situation, this person, or this problem? And then sit back and listen and watch. So I take the advice, and I've told you this before, I take the advice that that, um, I got from my father. So my dad was a freelance photographer growing up. And it was all this time outside taking pictures of rivers and ponds and nature and animals and as a, as a kid, like, I loved playing outside, but it was boring. So, I would ask a million questions. Hey, what's this? What's that? What, what? And so my dad finally said, hey, close your mouth, open your eyes, open your ears, and I bet you can answer all the questions that you're asking me. Well, first of all, he's annoyed by me, but secondly, it's a good life lesson. So the recommendation for me in myself is that I open my heart, my eyes, my ears, and I pay attention. Because when I ask God what you want me to know about a certain situation, person, place, thing, whatever it may be, He's going to answer you in the subtleties that are around you. And that's how prayer works. He's not just going to lay it at, at your feet and say, well... Here's the answer. He's going to show you, but he's also going to make you learn. It's going to be in the little moments, the little movements, the way the wind blows the leaves, or watching the heat come off the concrete. We will see God's answers in everything around us. We must pay attention. How important is prayer in gathering in? But how important is it that we know what to pray for? So we pray and we wait and we wait and we wait. Hmm, Maybe that's a lesson in patience too. But the answer will come. It may not be the answer that you're looking for, but it's the answer that God knows that you need. But the message... The root of the message is always going to be the same. Trust in the Lord in your thoughts 
faith, deeds, and works, and you will be with me in heaven. Can you imagine the joy? Trust in the Lord. Suffer with the Lord, and you will be with him. Gathering in for Zion is not going to be easy. It's just not. The world is around us, and the world is fighting back pretty hard. So imagine you are the you are one of the thieves on the cross hanging hanging next to Christ during the crucifixion. And in Luke twenty third or the twenty third chapter of Luke, we can read about this man. And this is just a, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of this. Um, But as Jesus is suffering on the cross and being berated by his onlookers, one of the men next to him says, if you are the Christ, then save yourself and us. Now this is where the story takes a turn. And it becomes clear what Jesus' role is in this. So Luke 23:40 through 44 and one of the malefactors who was crucified with him railed on him saying if thou be the Christ save thyself and us But the other answering rebuked him saying dost thou not fear God seeing thou art in the same condemnation And we indeed justly For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Suffer with the Lord and He will be with you in paradise. Now this is the same man, Jesus, who can move mountains, who can create miracles, who can cure, who's the great physician, who can pretty much do anything that he wants. But that's not his role. His role is to save us. That's what God had sent him to do. And our role is to help with the creation of Zion. Now, was God's, was Jesus' journey easy? No. It was, it was hard. It was really hard. But through that example, we gain power. We gain insight. We gain knowledge. And we grow in our faith. Our job is to do the same. Now imagine that man, that thief, who was hanging next to Christ, standing at the pearly gates, talking to Peter. Peter says, what's your name? He gives him his name. He says, well, I, I don't see any good works here. And the guy kind of looks around. 
And he says, Jesus said I could come. If I suffered with him, Jesus said I could come. Man, the joy that that guy is about to experience is pretty amazing. Nothing he's ever experienced in his life, he has never once followed in Christ's footsteps or tried to live uh, a prayerful life. But because he suffered with Christ, he is able to join him in paradise. Christ's job was to save us. Now, it is not one of those situations um, that we are called upon or that Christ was called upon to only save a few. It is not our job to only pray for those that we get along with or those that we live with or those that we worship with. Christ's job was to save everybody. Our example that we're supposed to live and the difference that we're supposed to make is for everyone, not just a few. We must forgive and not judge. And to make a difference, we have to be the example just as Jesus was the example for those witnessing his crucifixion. And those men hanging next to him on the cross. We have to be steadfast in our faith, in our words, and our actions. Now in Colossians 4.2 it says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. For which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let me repeat that. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming that time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Now, I didn't talk about the temporal things that you need to do to prepare. We all know those things. Food, water, shelter. It's the spiritual things that we need to concentrate on to prepare for the gathering. How we pray. How we are the example, not only in our home life, but then also in our work life, how we act in the world, how we um, are providing our testimony, what we're praying for and about. In conclusion, I give you section 97 of the Doctrine and Covenants 4D, for, for I will raise up unto myself a pure people that will serve me in righteousness. And all that call on the, on the name of the Lord and keep his commandments shall be saved, even so. Amen. The night is darkest before the dawn. The darkness will fade. We have to stay steadfast in our faith and our works, and our light will shine brightly because the coming of the dawn is near. Thank you.
Almighty God, our kind and loving Heavenly Father, we bow before You now, Father, at the end of this service, and we thank You for the wonderful words that You have brought to us this day. We thank You for Your servant, Matt, and his preparation. We pray now, Father, that through the power of Your Spirit, You would wrap Your arms around us and bundle us together. Light our fire, Father, that we might shine forth unto the world a bright beacon to penetrate the darkness, to chase the darkness away. We pray, Father, that You would gather us all together and teach us to do Thy will, to love one another, to love everybody, to pray for everybody, even our enemies. We pray, Father, that we might leave this place with a new appreciation for Your love and the power of that love. And I would pray now, Father, that this would not be the end of this prayer, but it might be the beginning. We might go forth in a spirit of prayer. And I pray this in the sweet and sacred name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.